All right, Psych One, welcome to our first podcast lecture. Uh, today we are working on split brain patients. So on the slides that are on Google Classroom, you want to skip to slide 44. That's where we're going to start, okay? Now, if you want the videos to play and everything, you need to hit present um, and put it in present feature. So go ahead and do that, and then we will get started. All right, hopefully you've gotten all of that up and running. Um, I am just doing this podcast just to hopefully facilitate your understanding of the material. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get started. So last time we talked about the brain in general and all of the different parts of the brain and then the two hemispheres and all the lobes. Well, we do know that the brain is split into two hemispheres. They're connected by the corpus callosum, which we discussed last time. Uh, it's kind of that upside down Nike sign that transmits the information to and from each of the hemispheres. Now, this is quite necessary for our, uh, our bodily function and, and the way that we think. The question becomes what happens when that corpus callosum doesn't work or it's severed, which is the case that we're going to talk about. So there were these two gentlemen that were both neurologists named Roger Sperry and Robert Gazinga. And they discovered that the two hemispheres have completely different abilities, that they are completely separate from each other and they just work together. They were treating patients that had severe epilepsy. Um, these patients essentially could not go through a day without having a seizure. So they had this idea to cut the nerves of their corpus callosum. And in, in order to do that, he thought, well, if I can stop the seizure from transmitting to the other hemisphere of the brain, perhaps they will be able to uh, better cope with them. So they cut the corpus callosum and what they found out of it through their tests with their split brain patients were these really unique things that started to happen. Uh, later studies that include brain imaging and mapping, uh, which you guys are gonna talk about later, uh, and you'll do a little activity and there's this really cool game you guys are gonna do, confirmed what Sperry had theorized, that both hemispheres are in fact in charge of two completely different things. Go ahead and go to that next slide and hopefully this works. If it doesn't, don't fret. Um, I will come back to this when I get back. But there's this really cool little video, it's only a few minutes long, talking about the left versus the right brain, okay? So go ahead and watch that, and then you can pause this podcast, and when you're ready to move on, go ahead and click play. And I will pick up back on slide number 47. So on slide 47, this is how Gazinga tested his split brain patients, right? That's what we called them because now they had like two little entities floating around in their head. So he had his patient look at a, a blank screen, like a computer monitor with a red dot and a line in the middle of it. They had to focus there. He then flashed a word that was split between that dot. And this word in this case is heart. But on the left side of that line, the word he is presented and on the right side, the word art. This is where everybody gets confused, okay? When the patient was asked to verbalize what word they saw, so actually speak it, they said the word art. And you have to think of it kind of like ping pong, okay? If you've ever played ping pong, this is how it would work. The left hemisphere picks up information from the right visual field. So each eye has two visual fields, a right and a left. Now. In the right visual field, the word art was flashed. That transferred over to the left hemisphere. The left hemisphere is in charge of language, okay? And we'll come back to this in a second after we go through both sides, okay? So when they're asked to verbalize, 
they are going to say what they saw in the right visual field, which was the word art. Now, if they were then asked to point with their left hand to the word that they saw, they would pick up their left hand and point to the word he, even though they said the word art. That's because he presented itself in the left visual field, which then kicked over to the right hemisphere, which is controls is in control of the left side of your body. So if you're asked to point with the left hand, it's going to point to whatever the left visual field saw. Now, again, if you're completely confused, I will go over it again as soon as I get back. But one more time, the only language ability and the capability to speak language comes from the left hemisphere. The left hemisphere picks up the right visual field. So when somebody's asked to say the word that they saw, they will say art. Now, if they're asked to point with their left hand to the word that they saw, their left hand is controlled by the right hemisphere, which sees the left visual field, which presented the word he. Hopefully that's not too confusing. Again, if it is, um, I will come back to it. Okay. We're going to skip the next slide, which is less, let's test it. And we'll do that when I get back as well. So the question here becomes, right, we've literally severed a major part of the brain. Okay. So the question is, how were these people able to still function? Uh, and that is because of what we call plasticity. So our brain is very flexible. And what we mean by plasticity is that the brain has the ability to reorganize itself and create new neural connections. So they believe about roughly 200,000 neurons die in your brain every day. And that's without doing silly things to your brain. So just on average, 200,000 neurons die. What happens is the brain will grow new dendrites that then make connections with other neurons. And we call this collateral growth. Now, this ability is highest in childhood, but we also see it occur in older adults who have had strokes and accidents, okay? And the reason being, right, little kids, they fall down all the time. Y'all seen the toddlers and they just like walk around because their head's so big and then they just fall over. They have the ability to really quickly grow new neural connections. Um, think of how quickly a child goes from laying down to rolling over to crawling to walking to running. Okay, all of those are new neural connections that are that are rapidly growing. Now we also see it in older adults who've had strokes and accidents, and and really think about why this would happen. So the reason that this happens, right? If somebody has a stroke, which impacts their brain, those neural connections have died. Um, Think about what a person, if you've ever known somebody that's had a stroke, has to go through. They have to relearn how to speak sometimes, how to walk, um, how to maneuver their fine motor skills, right? How to grab things. So it makes sense that they're having to build these neural connections faster and faster all over again, just like when they were a child. The next slide, and bear with me, you guys, we're almost done, is going to talk about the actual function of the two hemispheres that we've discovered thanks to split brain patients. So the left hemisphere dominants are for vision, recognizing words and letters. For hearing, it is in charge of language sounds. So everything I'm saying is being processed by your left hemisphere. Memory, it's in charge of verbal memory. Language, it's gonna be essentially all your academic stuff, speech, grammar, reading, writing, arithmetic. Um, all of those very logical things. That's why we call the left hemisphere the logical side. Your reasoning ability solely lies on the left side. It's logic and explaining events. However, your left hemisphere has zero spatial ability. 
Now, if we kick over to the right hemisphere, you're gonna notice it's very creative. That's why we call the right brain uh, the creative brain. Now, vision, it's gonna pick up faces, emotional expression, so your ability to understand what people's uh, facial expressions are telling you, geometric patterns, hearing, you're gonna have non-language sounds and music, so you can thank your right hemisphere for your favorite band and being able to understand what the music sounds like. Um, memory is gonna be nonverbal memory. What I mean by this are pictures, sounds, like any imagery, okay? Language, it's gonna be able to detect the emotional tone of speech. It's like when you're having a conversation with somebody and you can, you can tell that they're upset, that would be the emotional tone of speech. Your right side, however, has zero reasoning ability, okay? Because it's not logical. However, it contains all of our spatial abilities. So our sense of geometry, our sense of direction, judgment of distance. So if you're running into walls all the time because you can't tell distance, blame your right hemisphere. And your ability to mentally rotate an object and notice that it's the exact same thing, even though the view of it has changed. On the next slide, there's a really cool video of a girl who literally lives with half a brain. Um, she only has half a brain. She is fully functioning. So I want you to watch the video. It's, again, it's only a few minutes long. Um, so really ponder how life would change and kind of just be fascinated by the way that the brain is so plastic and can grow so quickly and can reestablish things. Okay. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this first podcast. You guys will have one more a little later on, but for now, I will talk to you later. Enjoy the week. Be good for the sub. Thanks y'all.